This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tonight, racing to a vaccine. The president makes a bold promise for a vaccine by the end of the year, but he also claims the virus will just go away. Vaccine or no vaccine, we're back. Tests under question. The president calls the Abbott lab tests used at the White House a game changer. But tonight, there are serious questions about their accuracy. School opening controversy. Tonight, why school superintendents across America say they won't follow the new CDC guidelines for reopening. Beaches open for Memorial Day. One week from today, beaches in the hardest hit areas will open for the unofficial start of summer, but with restrictions. Racing to a cure. Why researchers say new experiments using monkeys could be the key to stopping the virus. New 911 call. Could new evidence in the alleged murder of Ahmaud Arbery have a big impact on the case? Oprah's inspiring address. What will your essential service be? Hear the advice she gave 2020 graduates. And it's Friday on the road with Steve Hartman. Schools may be closed, but with a little ingenuity, the graduations go on. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. As we come on the air tonight, more than two-thirds of states have now significantly loosened stay-at-home restrictions, with some even planning to reopen beaches by next week, just in time for Memorial Day. That prompted the president today to declare we're back. At a White House event for what he's calling Operation Warp Speed, the president told reporters there are now 14 possible vaccines showing promise and that he's hoping one will be ready by the end of the year. But he also suggested that businesses should still reopen, saying without a vaccine, quote, you fight through it. 
More than 87,000 people here in the U.S. were not able to fight through it and were killed by COVID-19. There are still more than 1.4 million confirmed cases in the nationwide. And there's breaking news tonight about how much worse the death toll will get. The CDC director says 12 models now show more than 100,000 people in the U.S. will be killed by coronavirus by June 1st. Also tonight, the U.S. House is preparing to send another $3 trillion rescue package to the Senate, where it is expected to fail, though the president and Republicans are now signaling they may be willing to make some sort of a deal. We've got a lot of news to get to and a team of correspondents covering it all. Paula Reed is going to lead off our coverage tonight at the White House. Paula? Nora, this vaccine operation is the latest in a series of White House efforts to combat coronavirus, but previous projects like the testing initiative have stalled or failed to live up to what was promised. Even the president's own medical experts say that having a vaccine ready to go by the end of the year is possible, but not likely. President Trump said this afternoon that the need for a vaccine would not interfere with his drive to reopen the country. Vaccine or no vaccine, we're back. With both of his top health advisors sporting masks, the president again chose not to, explaining it this way. We've all been tested and we're quite a distance away and we're outdoors. But the Abbott test used by the White House and promoted by the president has turned up false negative results, prompting a warning from the FDA, who said the administration would have to decide whether to continue using it. But it's a very good test, very portable. Very quick. With the race for a vaccine underway around the world, the president predicted the U.S. would make one available by the end of the year, an extremely fast timeline. It's called Operation Warp Speed. That means big and it means fast. Rick Bright, the administration's top vaccine expert who was pushed out of his job last month, said yesterday everything must happen perfectly to meet the president's timeline. We've never seen everything go perfectly. In a rare public rebuke, the medical journal Lancet said the Trump administration was obsessed with magic bullets like vaccines when their focus should be on tracing and testing, adding that the CDC has been undermined and made ineffective. Today, the School Superintendents Association criticized a simple set of guidelines released by the CDC last night and said they'd use the more thorough guidelines the White House refused to release. The document that the CDC released yesterday is underwhelming. Uh, it doesn't provide the specific guidance uh, that the document that was leaked a couple of weeks ago provided. The president said today that he believes schools should reopen in the fall, even though his top medical expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said the impact this virus has on children is not fully understood and that we should not rush to get kids back to class. Nora. Paula Reed at the White House. Thank you. Now to the accuracy of those rapid COVID-19 tests being used at the White House. Nearly 2 million have been distributed nationwide. But as Paula just mentioned, the FDA is now alerting the public that the machines may give inaccurate results. The warning comes after a new study found nearly half of the tests produced false negatives. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. Abbott Labs rapid COVID-19 test was supposed to be a game changer, providing results in under 15 minutes. But earlier today, the FDA commissioner sounded the alarm about the test. There are some data to suggest that there may be inaccuracies, false negatives with the Abbott test. 
In March, the FDA gave emergency authorization to use the Abbott ID Now machine to test for COVID-19. But a recent NYU study found it missed almost half of positive COVID cases. Amanda Harrington at Loyola University Medical Center had similar findings. What is your policy now with this machine? If a patient has a positive result, they're confirmed with COVID. And if they have a negative result, we'll run a, a second uh, PCR test uh, for that patient. Abbott reports an error rate of 0.02%. The company questions whether researchers used it correctly and says the results were not consistent with other studies. And very, very comfortable with the accuracy of the, of the machine. Dr. Warren Wolin says his urgent care centers in Illinois have run more than 14,000 COVID tests on the machines. It has everything to do with how the sample is put into the machine. The people running the machine have to be very familiar with the system. And a recent Johns Hopkins study suggests that when the test is given makes a big difference. They found the virus is most likely to show up in a test two days after symptoms begin. Nora? Carter, thank you. Tonight, the CDC director says more than 100,000 people could die from coronavirus by the end of the month. But that's not stopping most states from relaxing stay-at-home restrictions. Ten states will open more businesses this weekend, including some that are already seeing an increase in cases. Restrictions continue in the New York City area, but with a few notable changes. More on that from CBS's Mola Lenghi. The nation's hotspots are slowly coming out of lockdown. Beaches on the Jersey Shore and in New York, where more than 20,000 people have died due to COVID-19, will reopen with restrictions by Memorial Day weekend, but only at 50% capacity. If there is a problem and the locals do not enforce those regulations, we will close those beaches immediately. Contact sports like football and volleyball will be prohibited at beaches. As New York City extended its stay-at-home orders, New Yorkers are finding new ways to social distance in parks. Meanwhile, smaller cities and rural regions of the state finally reopened today after 54 days in lockdown. In Florida, Governor DeSantis announced gyms will be allowed to reopen Monday under social distancing guidelines. NASCAR drivers will restart their engines this weekend for the first time since March 8th. And tonight, CBS News has learned at least one major U.S. airline is seriously considering dropping its social distancing policy, making all seats available on all flights. As protesters in Pennsylvania continued their calls for statewide reopenings, tonight, a historic drop in retail sales fuels economic uncertainty, down a record 16.4% from March to April. Behind the numbers, the people. Violet Moya was fired from her retail job at Sephora in March. She had worked there for two years. I only had like $600 in my bank account to survive the rest of the month and until next month. Does it feel like you have a lot of options? No, <laughs> not at all, unfortunately. It's just I have to, it's like a hope and a prayer and hope that something happens. Well, here in New York, after criticism of the NYPD's social distancing and mask enforcement, officers will stop ticketing people. Meanwhile, in what seems to be an effort to try to keep people inside this summer, the city will hand out more than 74,000 air conditioning units to elderly and low-income New Yorkers. Nora. Mo Lenghi in New York City tonight. Thank you. 
The director of the NIH says no corners will be cut in the search for a vaccine, but he says taking, taking even a day off the timeline will make a difference. Tonight, there is encouraging news about a potential vaccine now being tested on humans and monkeys. CBS's chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook, has more in our series, Racing to a Cure. NIH researchers in Montana tested the vaccine using six rhesus macaque monkeys like these. They say the monkeys that got the vaccine developed protective antibodies against coronavirus. But it's what happened next that's giving doctors hope tonight. That's because when they exposed the animals to coronavirus, the monkeys that weren't vaccinated developed pneumonia, a sign of COVID-19. But those that got the vaccine had no pneumonia and no virus in their lungs. Why isn't it enough to show that a vaccine elicits, say, an antibody response? We need to know that it protects the animal or the human from the infection. And just having the antibody, if it doesn't work to prevent disease, um, it's not going to cut it. The vaccine used in the study is being developed by Oxford University and uses a cold virus that's been modified so it can't spread infection. It's packed with genetic material from the coronavirus. Once injected, it triggers an immune response, teaching the body to recognize and fight a future infection. Oxford's Adrian Hill says if it works, this vaccine has another important benefit. This is not a hugely difficult vaccine to make. Large scale is feasible, we believe. A different study showed rhesus monkeys and humans have about 93% of their DNA in common. But researchers won't be celebrating until there's a vaccine that's safe and effective in humans. Nora? Dr. John LaPook, thank you. This Sunday on 60 Minutes, Rick Bright, the former top government scientist who was removed from his position at BARDA, the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, says the Trump administration was slow to respond to the coronavirus threat earlier this year. In your complaint, you said that Secretary Azar was intent on downplaying this catastrophic threat. Why would he do that? No, I don't know why he would do that. President Trump was also downplaying the threat. He said this at an event in Michigan on January 30th. We think we have it very well under control. Uh, we have very little problem in this country at this moment, five. Remember, the entire leadership was focused on containment. There was a belief that we could contain this virus and keep it out of the United States. Containment doesn't work. Containment does buy time. It could slow. It very well could slow the spread. But while you're slowing the spread, you better be doing something in parallel to be prepared for when that virus breaks out. That was my job. The Department of Health and Human Services has said that it strongly disagrees with the claims in Bright's complaint and that Secretary Azar said, quote, his allegations do not hold water. Well, you can watch more of that interview this Sunday only on 60 Minutes. In Georgia tonight, newly released videos suggest that an unarmed African-American man may have been getting a drink of water at a construction site moments before he was shot dead. Father and son Gregory and Travis McMichael are accused of murdering Ahmed Arbery. Today, one suspect's lawyer said the killing was not motivated by racism. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. CBS News has obtained new surveillance video related to the Ahmad Arbery case. This video, taken on December 17th, appears to show a man leaving the house under construction. And I just caught a guy running into a um, house being built two houses down from me. Almost two months later, he was spotted in this same house, 
That incident in February prompted a 911 call from Travis McMichael, who would eventually shoot Arbery. He said he spotted a man on the property. When I turned around and saw him and backed up, he reached into his pocket and ran into the house. So I don't know if he's armed or not. Um, but he looked like he was acting like he was. According to the property's owner, Larry English, nothing was taken. And he says the man in the video may not have had bad intentions. In a statement, English's attorney says this young man may have been coming into the property for water. There is a water source at the dock behind the house, as well as a source near the front. There are dozens of surveillance videos showing people frequently coming in and out of the house, including children. A white couple entered on the day of the shooting. Today, Gregory McMichael's attorney said there is more to this case. Greg McMichael did not commit murder. This is not some sort of hate crime fueled by racism. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Dallas. J.C. Penney is the latest retailer to fall victim to the pandemic. The 118-year-old company filed for bankruptcy protection late today after missing debt payments. It says it will close some stores. Flash flood alerts are again posted in parts of Louisiana tonight. Neighborhoods in the New Orleans area were pounded Thursday and overnight, flooding streets and hundreds of homes. Some areas were hit with nearly 16 inches of rain. Forecasters say rainstorms this intense usually hit only every 100 to 200 years. Today, Oprah Winfrey gave the class of 2020 a virtual graduation on Facebook to make up for the ceremonies that were canceled because of the coronavirus. And she had this message for them. I don't. There is so much uncertainty. In truth, there always has been. What I do know is that the same guts and imagination that got you to this moment, all those things are the very things that are going to sustain you through whatever is coming. Ceremony also featured videos and photographs of seniors from across the country. The coronavirus is cheating the class of 2020. Milestones have been missed, rites of passage called off. So parents and teachers are stepping in to save the day. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman with tonight's On the Road. When Gabrielle Pierce's graduation got canceled, her dad, Torrance, was almost as upset as she was. It really just broke my heart, but what do you do? Well, you thought of something. <laughs> I think I did. I said, well, I guess we have to do it in the driveway. <laughs> so right there, where they usually park the Chevy. Graduation girl, y'all. Torrance graduated his daughter from Xavier University of Louisiana on a rented stage and podium in front of friends, family, and passing motorists. Gabrielle says it was definitely not the graduation she envisioned, but still everything she dreamed. I think it was better than the regular one. Could you imagine that being possible just a few weeks ago? No, not at all. <laughs> and that's just one of many small miracles we're starting to see across the country. Disappointed graduates discovering pomp and silver linings as schools get creative with banner tributes and parade graduations. Others are planning drive-in graduations and at least one whiz-by graduation. Here in Indianapolis, it's cap and gone. The Speedway hosting a ceremony where kids can cruise the track in their own vehicles, presumably at a reasonable speed, and pick up their diplomas on the way out. It's not the memories they thought they were gonna have, but it's something different and unique that they'll probably remember forever. 
Scott Cumro is band director at Fergus Falls High School in Minnesota. Here he is playing for his high school's virtual graduation, all 22 parts. It took Scott two full days to make this video for his students. And it's educators like him and parents like these who are pulling out all the stops to make this a graduation to remember. And so it's our hope when these graduates look back in hindsight at 2020, they won't dwell on what was lost, but what was found and what was left completely unaffected. Moments like this one. Very proud. A father can be much prouder than I am right now, uh, my daughter Gabrielle. And there's the only graduation speech that matters. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. Beautifully said. And don't forget, Steve is still offering his Kindness 101 every Monday for the rest of the school year. Next week topic is fortitude. Find it at cbsnews.com slash kindness 101. Tonight, CBS News presents Bravery and Hope, seven days on the front line. Our journalists were given unprecedented access to medical teams. That's at 9 o'clock, 8 central time. And remember, if you can't watch the CBS Evening News live, don't forget to set your DVR. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Thanks for joining us all this week. Be safe this weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Good night. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.